A quick hello and we're good to go. Welcome to the show, Geraldine Dorita. Hi. Welcome. You get the song. Absolutely lovely to see you. Um, sorry for everybody who's watching that we're a tiny bit late. Uh, we were we were having trouble setting all this up. But it doesn't matter because we have this... <laughs> This amazing talk about the pratfall effect, which I'm really keen on. Um, and I, I actually researched you a little bit and researched the topic, and you'll see what happened with that. Um, oh, no. Here we go. <laughs> Geraldine is the everywhereist, whatever that means. Um, this is their site. I'm sure you can explain it to me. What is an everywhereist? I love the word. Oh, thank you. It came about on accident, actually. I was uh, coming up with a, trying to come up with a name for my travel blog uh, more than a decade ago. And I was writing down all these different names and I was reading my husband and I came up with the everywhere list and he misunderstood me and thought I said everywhere ist. Mm. And uh, he said, I love that. And I said, that's really good. I'm going to use that. So that's I what heard ended up. Big. Yeah, well, I heard that Spotify was the same thing. Is there were two people in two different rooms, and one of them kept they kept shouting these ideas, and one of them misheard, and that's how it got named Spotify. I mean, it's perfect, right? Because it doesn't really mean anything. So, yeah, uh, yeah it works out. maybe maybe sometimes we overthink it, and if we just shout from room to room, the idea actually turns out to be good when it's misunderstood. Um, <laughs> that's how but, all meetings should take place, just across oh, two different rooms well, with people who can barely of. hear each other. That's what we're doing now. All meetings are. You're right. Exactly. Wonderful. And so what I did is now look at this. We got a knowledge panel for your this event which is oh, absolutely wonderful i'm terribly pleased with that and it actually ranks when you search for the profile effect geraldine de Rita. and then i searched for it because i was researching it and i realized that this event has got the entire first page and the reason i suggested this title was because you've given a talk about it before so i thought i'll go on to the videos and look for that and my podcast has the entire first page i couldn't find the interview that i had chosen for you to talk about so i've got no idea what you talked about in the interview it was a lifetime ago um, right well I, I i did something so smart. i can't I, okay no I, I got some extra topics in case we get stuck okay well so um so I believe the talk, and I forgive me because it was probably a decade ago when I talked about this. So um, like three lifetimes ago uh, and in the before times when we used to actually get to see and touch people. Uh, but I spoke about the pratfall effect and I believe that the entire concept of my talk was that um, Sometimes we obviously, you know, like we we cover up our mistakes mm. and we try and and we try and create a patina of perfection and and we need to remove that and we need to kind of own our failures and our mistakes and sometimes we can actually redefine what failure is and if we do that then we get to redefine who gets to succeed and who gets to fail. Yeah, and I, I mean, I know it's a lot of the stuff you talk about is about that. It's like kind of failure. You talk about Bob Dylan and, and the fact that he is yes. a very good singer. I, I, my only comment there <laughs> is he's a very, very good songwriter. And it was it was kind of maybe you can say that the, the songwriting makes up for the – and the lyrics make up for the, the bad singing? Well, so what I think is – 
you know, right, Bob Dylan is objectively, he's not what we would call a good singer, right? Like he's not pleasant to listen to in the way that um, someone- Paul McCartney kind of more, is. Paul McCartney, sure. Or someone kind of more classically trained. I want to say Bowie, but even Bowie kind of had this peculiar sort of style. But at some point, at some point, the peculiarities and the strangeness and the uniqueness that is their voice becomes kind of its own special definition of good. So Bob Dylan, when you hear him on the radio, you're like, oh, it's Dylan. And if someone said, well, he can't sing, you'd be like, what are you talking about? It's Bob Dylan. It, it's almost like yeah. he transcends not being able to sing. Well, well, one big part of kind of singing, I mean, I'm a musician, I'm a singer. Uh, and I, I was know, in a band. I heard. Oh, my, sorry. Yeah. Well, I was in a band uh, for six years with, with this guy uh, called Hugo Scott, who was the lead singer. And I thought, oh, I want to sing lots of songs. And they wouldn't let me, um, which oh. is well, because <laughs> as soon as he sang three notes, you would know it was him. And when I sang three notes at the time, you wouldn't know it was me. I didn't have the distinctive voice like Sting has and Hugo Scott, who's mm. the singer in the band, and Bob Dylan definitely has a distinctive voice. Yeah. Um, and for the, the Buwa and Kuala cartoon, I made a cartoon with my ex-wife. She sings out of tune, and that was her speciality. And she was very recognisable for that, and, okay. and she had a more recognisable voice than I did. And I think in pop music particularly, recognisable is more important than good. Mm. Yeah, that kind oh, of uniqueness. Well, obviously, with the limit, you have to have kind of something uh, like timing or or whatever. Anyway, that wasn't the point. What, what the, the point was, we, we can redefine failure. I mean, I looked up the pratfall effect and found that. Uh, obviously, I looked a long way. I just took the featured snippet. Yeah. Um, and so I, we should I, talk. Should we talk a bit about the pratfall effect and what it is? Yeah, because I've actually done some research about it, so I, yeah. I actually now know more about it than I did this morning. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I like the idea, and that's what you were talking about, is that when we fail, it isn't such a bad thing. It makes us look more human. Yeah. So, yeah, please please go into that. I mean, so, we, we look more human, more so abortive. Yeah. Well, so, so the pratfall effect is this psychological concept that, um, and I should be clear, it, it tends to work if you are perceived as an otherwise competent person. <laughs> yep. So if you, if you think that you have everything together and then you get up on stage and you start to flub, which is what I tend to do. Right? Oh, I like the word flub. That's a good word. Yeah. Right? F-L-U-B, yeah. Uh, yes, isn't it wonderful? Or, or you, you know, you just, the words get caught and they don't come out right or you trip a little on the way to the stage or something happens or you're watching the video afterward. I don't know if you have this problem. I can't watch videos of myself afterward. Right. After I've given a talk, my husband tells me I need to because that's how you improve. And I don't want to because it is so deeply uncomfortable. Um, and yeah, it, and I've actually found that the, the there's an American actor, his name's Adam Driver. Um, he was in the news terrible uh, but he is objectively a good actor i think he can't watch his own films because it's so deeply uncomfortable but well, well the thing is are, I, I actually yeah. watched you quite a lot uh, in preparation mm. for this and you're very good i mean I, there's nothing not to like about it. <laughs> 
but it's not. A, thank you. First of all, thank you. But it's <laughs> no, not. No, no. It's true. That, that's a truthful comment. I mean, I agree with uh, your husband. It's if you keep watching yourself, you get used to it. And once you've got used to it, you can start to learn. I mean, people tell me I watch myself too much. And it, it looks like self-obsession or overly critical of myself. But it's actually just saying, where could I do better? It's not saying, where did I go wrong? It's what could I do better? Sorry. Right, right. Well, and so if you come across as otherwise competent, those little mistakes, mm. you know, the little hiccups, the words that don't come out right. And you can even point them out. And I do on occasion. I There was one presentation I did, which was actually, it was an absolute disaster. Um, I can talk about it a little bit, but I, oh, it was so oh, bad. It makes you really uncomfortable. It makes me so uncomfortable. Um, and I gave it, I gave it at uh, HubSpot, which... Uh, is a company I'm hugely a huge fan of. Uh, I was invited to speak there by um, the founder of the company, Darmesh Shah, uh, who I am close to. And they bought copies of my book. And I was going to be speaking on the topic of online harassment. And what I did not realize is that the room I would be speaking in, there were two things about it. One was that uh, there were bleachers up so I would be looking up at the audience, which is very a very different speaking style than I'm used to. I'm used to look. I'm used to being up on a stage and kind of looking down. And if that becomes yeah, uncomfortable, no, okay. you can raise your line of vision to the horizon, and so you don't actually have to make contact with eye contact with anyone. Right. And I'm used to speaking in dark rooms, and this room was white fluorescent lighting, and mm -hmm. I could see every single person's face. Now, the thing about giving a talk about online harassment is that you're talking about something oh. horrible. And so everyone's facial expressions are terrified. And so I am looking at a sea of people who actually appreciated my talk and were listening to me, but their facial expressions were mortified. Mm. And then I was wearing a crisp white shirt that I completely sweated through. Okay. From the nerves. And then I forgot my glasses. So I couldn't see my own slides. So this is a whole accumulation of small was, points that just went, just uh, one or two of them would have been fine. And I was so nervous that I couldn't sleep the night before. So I was extremely jet lagged, super tired, low blood sugar, couldn't see the slides. It was the worst talk I have ever given. And, and yet you said that the people were actually moved by what you were saying. So they were paying attention. You were getting your message across. I mean, pe people I, weren't as critical of you as you are yourself. That's always true. Right. And this is, uh, this is another psychological kind of truth, right? That we perceive our own mistakes as being far worse than they are. And right. we actually perceive the gaps in uh, gaps in, in speech or time that elapses when we're right. on stage in which we don't say anything right. to be four times longer than it actually is. Oh, is so that around four? Yeah, I think it's right. around four. Yeah, so if we're quiet for two seconds, we think that we were eight seconds. Right, okay. Yeah. It, it, it is true. I mean, I, I, I don't know about you, but when I'm talking, I remember an awful lot of what I've said and the moments that struck me during the conversation. And I, when I watch back, I can actually identify those moments and think, oh, that felt like it was much longer as a silence. 
Right, right. Yeah, you automatically see it. Um, I, I, I actually learned to play the double bass um, in, in the space of about a month, not because I'm particularly brilliant, but because I had a... a that a, sounds kind of brilliant. No, 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 okay. I cheated. I completely cheated. Uh, there, there was a midget German double bass player. He was really cool. He was called Franz. Uh, and he just uh-huh. said... That's pretty cool name. Soon as, it is a great name. Yeah, he, he was a Franz the guy. German bass player. I mean, come on. <laughs> But he said to me, as soon as you make a mistake, forget it. What you, you've got to do is completely put it behind you. And if you can't do that, you're never going to survive. Uh, the other is to smile and look like you know what you're doing. Uh, <laughs> and the other, I mean, in terms of device, is just hit it in time to the, the music. And if you get the note wrong, nobody cares. And the only people who notice you've got a note wrong are the jazz players. And they won't dare say anything because they'll think you've done something really clever they don't understand, which is <laughs> genius. Um, and this is part of redefining what success brilliant. is. I like it. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah. No, you're a genius. I hadn't seen <laughs> I don't know about that. But it's true. You yeah, redefine no, what it, success is. Well, you were saying feel comfortable with yourself. And yeah, you can define what success and failure is. Oh, the, the, yeah. the nice end to that story is actually he was very, very small. I mean, not complete midget, but it was, he was pretty, he was probably about oh, this tall. Did you just use the M word? You can't say that. Can't I? Oh, no, sorry. Oh, no. I didn't know it was uh, a no, terrible No, you did not say that. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. I just learned uh, a terrible faux pas. What, what should That's I say? A, I'm going to call you out on that. I will call yeah, no, you no, out. No, no, no. Sure. What should I say? I'm, I'm happy to learn. Uh, you can say little person. You can say uh, someone who is a dwarf. I think you could right. say those. I think. I I don't know. I'm, I'm a person of average okay. height, so in, I don't in, know. In that case, what I would say is he was spectacularly short for okay. a double bass player. Because okay. the bass generally requires you to be like that. That is okay. So yes. In, in the context. <laughs> That's the M word. I, I don't. Yeah, no, no, no. In, in the context, it makes kind of sense, but it's kind of making humor out of something that you shouldn't. Oh, it, it's not. Uh, it's not uh, healthy to make humor out of. So I'll come yes. back and just say he was spectacularly short for a double bass okay. player. And what was interesting at the end was that he actually had to stand on a table right at the back of the room. And he spent his whole time going, just trying to keep me on track. And it was absolutely wonderful performance by him. So he really cared about your success. Yeah, that's another very interesting point. He really, really, he really, really did. He was really invested. Why do you think he was so invested in your success? I'd, I'd like to say he's a nice guy, but I mean, no, I, I, I don't know beyond the fact that he was a nice guy. Um, do you think he tied his own? Did he? Do you think he tied his own success to yours? Potential. Oh, that's that's not bad. I mean, kind of. He he taught me in two hours. He gave me a two hour lesson. Yeah. And then I he left me alone for a month to try and figure it all out. Um, and I I think you're right. I think he felt that it was his responsibility that I would actually succeed. Yeah, I think that um, I think that part of it is all like there is this like we have our own like our own successes are through other people in a lot of ways well that's yeah yeah that, that's an interesting uh, an interesting i mean i think kind of well coming back to the, the failure point i mean you're saying you know yeah. you got up on, on stage you seem to be because that was the other way around he was trying to make me feel and seem like i was much better than i truly was yes yeah well wait was he or were you maybe better than you think you mm. were 
But but then but that's that's true as well. It's kind of once once you get to be as good as you're supposed to be to actually doing this thing, those little mistakes are actually very endearing. And that was the point of this conversation. Um, was the idea that you don't have to be as perfect as you think you do. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's absolutely true. And I think there's something else how we so first of all, going back to the pratfall effect. Mm -hmm. If you have that level of you seem to be a competent person right. and you make those small mistakes, you are perceived as more approachable and more right. empathetic and people can relate to you better. I think there's something else, too, about how we recover from those mistakes yeah. oh, and yeah. watching people do that. And I think that that is kind of a miraculous thing. You know, I think that shows the adaptability of people. And I also think it shows growth of people. Um, I think I threw you off your game just now when I told you not to use the M word. Right. Yep. And I see you kind of incorporating that, processing that new information and being like, okay, I need to not say that. So what can make that better? And I think that that's an important thing. Like, it's not just that we make the mistake, but how can we make that situation better? And how can I learn from this situation? And how can I use that to be a better person going forward? Right. Because the mistakes are going to happen. And the bad yeah. things are going to happen. And we are going to do bad things. I do bad things. But how can I take when I am called out on it to become a better person going forward. And I think it's when people don't do that, that that's where problems really Ooh. develop. Oh, and that was that was one of the topics I wrote there, failing and falling forwards. Yes, yeah. Um, so I did actually do a good job of researching this a little bit. But I, <laughs> I, no, I, I love the idea. It's kind of like, first of all, we have to accept that we always make mistakes. Oh, Number yeah. two is if we're... If we just make lots of mistakes, we're never going to look good. The, the pratfall actually doesn't have an effect. It just makes us look worse and worse and worse. But if we have some kind of competency, those mistakes are endearing. And rightly said, adding to the pratfall effect is how you recover from that mistake is perhaps the most important thing about the situation. Yeah. I mean, yeah. how, how many people, I mean, I don't know, sorry, this is completely off the top of my head. I, mean, I get on stage, do something, give a talk like you do. You, When you gave that disastrous talk, what you felt oh to be a disastrous God. talk, you didn't just walk off stage. I wanted to. <laughs> but you didn't. But they had bought hundreds of copies of my book, and the room was filled with people, and uh, they were so nice and gracious mm. to me and super kind, so... No, there was no running out of the room. I did throw out that shirt afterward because you sweat in it. It turned dark. It was a white, crisp white shirt. The second you sweat in it, it turned dark. So I'm standing there, just dark circles under my, oh my God. Oh but, God. But, but it comes back to my friend France is that they were invested in your success. So they were incredibly yes, nice and supportive absolutely. and helpful. And that's the thing I think we need to remember is that for the most part, um, the audience is not hostile to us. Mm. Sometimes they might be. I mean, there are circumstances. 
that are very unusual where they might be. But for the most part, the audience is really rooting for us. We all kind of are. Um, and I'm sure you've seen it too, where somebody gets on stage and they're, you just want them to do well. Like yeah. you want um, it so you're more invested in their success than you are in your own. Yeah. And how often is it you see somebody get on stage as an audience member and you think, I hope they fall over, I hope oh, they fail. I mean, they have oh, to be a never. pretty appalling human being. Oh, never, never. And I think kind of, I remember when I spoke, I spoke at Brighton SEO for the first time and in fact the only time. Um, and the, they had a coaching session where they were just saying, you know, everybody wants you to succeed. So, I mean, <laughs> the only break to your own success is yourself, which is a nice way. They didn't put it quite like that. That's a bit brutal. But, uh, oh, the only – say that again. The no, only, I, oh, I added the last bit. That wasn't bright and SEO. Please don't quote me on that. I won't. I won't. I won't. I just don't know if I agree with it. They say that the only – No, sorry. Well, I, sorry I'll, I'll, I'll stop where they stopped. Is <laughs> They said everybody in the room wants you to succeed. They're all yes. rooting for you, which is what you said. Yes. And then I added – completely off my own back, ad-libbing, probably a big mistake. The only barrier <laughs> to your own success is yourself. So now you can get Have I terrified? I think I've terrified you right now. Yeah, I yeah. You're yeah like, no, no, you're, you're I'm talking yeah. to this radical left-wing American who will just call me out on everything no. I say. I think I've terrified you. But I'm honestly interested to know what exactly is wrong with that statement. I think that Ooh. for me it is for for me it is true and it is true for a lot of us. Mm. It is not true for everyone. Very I good think, point. Yeah, I think for me it is true. So I am in my but, office, right? Mm. And I am in this uh, very safe, beautiful office. It's a mess right now. We will ignore that. It is the one room in my home that is absolutely, it is just, I, I have tilted the camera up so you can't actually see the piles of paper. Um, I almost want to show them to you. I'm just going to, just very briefly, I'm going to show you some of the pile. Just, they're just sitting piles of paper. Okay. Just I, I think pretty much everybody's got that kind of situation going on. I'm not right going to turn now. the camera around and show a big pile That's of washing on a clothes horse here. But, but I have this gorgeous office, right? And I have uh, an excellent Wi-Fi connection. And I have this lovely home. And I have a mortgage that I know I have the resources to pay every month. Um, and I have a safe place to work in a safe neighborhood. And I have a supportive partner who is just aces and is great. And so I have all these levels of, of privilege and support and just baked into my life. Um, and so for me, when I don't get things done because I'm, you know, uh, goofing off on Twitter or I'm just, I don't want to do it, then I know, like, then I know the only thing that's getting in my way right. is me. 
No, hundred percent. But that that's hold. not true for everyone else. No, sure, hundred so, percent. Yeah. You're right, and just from the point of view, is my immediate reaction is that, and in fact, there are lots of different things that can that can uh, bring somebody break. And I had this conversation uh, a couple of years ago. Um, is I mean, if if I look at the advantages that I was born with, I'm white, I'm male, I'm English speaking, I'm tall, relatively not too bad looking, uh, well educated. Uh, well-spoken uh, vocabulary because my father forced me to read a dictionary as a child. He did um, not. It was he pretty forced, much, yeah. He forced you to read the dictionary? That, that, that's a, a generous interpretation of it. He, well, you, okay, later I want to I have a talk about what your favorite word is. Zoigma. Absolutely no doubt at all. And that's because he said the word to me and I said, what's Zoigma? What and is Zoigma? Well, I'll tell you in a moment. He said, go and look it up in the dictionary, because he had uh, a, a dictionary that was literally a whole wall. It was literally, I don't know, nine feet? Nine feet of dictionary. And you, he said, oh, go and look it up in the dictionary. And you're going, okay, right, let's start off with, uh, right, starts with a Z, doesn't it? So you get the Z out. Um, and then you're looking through it. And it doesn't. It starts with a D. It's DZ. What? So, he didn't even give me the help to say, like, oh, you know, it starts with the red or how no way you could guess that. And, in fact, to Zoigma, I'll give you an example. It's, it's really cool. He took a train and a bath. It's one verb applied to two objects with two different meanings. Oh. <laughs> and it's just so silly. And so, I mean, but we use them more than we actually think. And it's just so silly and pointless. So, kind of the point was he, he wouldn't tell me what anything meant. I had to go and look it up and research it. Oh, my it. gosh. And Zoig was the one that stuck in my brain. And I, the other one was this nine foot long, uh, uh, what's it called? Dictionary. Um, oh my gosh, Zoigma. I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's not the best word ever. And it's just, oh, I and, love and that there's, it's there's... something that exists, that it's not, you know, some obscure thing that no one's ever heard of. Like, no. I don't know, like a mollusk that is now extinct right, that yeah. we will never see again. I love that it's something that we, yeah, that we have all used at some point. That delights me. Well, it, it, it is absolutely lovely, isn't it? And there's a yeah. alternative rock band who actually have a song with a Zoigma, a series of Zoigmas, and I knew the sound engineer, and he said, actually, the guy who did the lyrics for that, they just played the music, and he made the lyrics up off the top of his head, and he managed to get, I can't remember what they are, but two or three Zoigmas into one verse just off the top of his head. And you go, and that's so good. Anyway, oh, that's a gosh. completely side story. Um, back, back to the, the pratfall effect. Sorry, yes. back, back to marketing. I actually did some research because I was thinking, like, what can it use for me? And I found this guy, Pigs Can Fly. That's a great logo. It is. The it's a great logo. Of face. He's tiny, um, but I thought that the name was better than the face. I mean, he's a good-looking guy, but um, uh, but go and look him up. He's got a YouTube channel. It's really cool. And he was talking about the pratfall effect. He's the only person I saw on YouTube explaining the pratfall effect with advertising examples, marketing. And this is Avis, and I, I don't know if you've heard of this. I heard about it. It's Avis saying we're second to her. Yeah, I remember... I remember them making these, when you're only number two, you try harder. 
Yeah. That's, yeah. And, and that's, I mean, he's saying it's the pratfall effect. It's not directly the pratfall effect, but it's ma the marketing equivalent. It's saying, let's make uh, a noise about our fonts and make yeah. benefits. And I'll give you the other couple of examples because I was intrigued. Guinness, good things come to those who wait, and that's to overcome the fact that you have to wait. Wait like for the Guinness, minutes. the half pour, and then the rest of it. I love it. And the third one is this one, which just made me giggle. It's the Volkswagen be Beetle. Think small rather than think big. And then oh it's ugly, God. but it gets you there. With, with, oh, with my the gosh. I love that. And as he oh, rightly says, um, you know, it, it can work incredibly well, but you've got to be really careful about it. You do. Well, and you have to point out. So, again, you have to have a brand that is otherwise very strong. Right. People love the Volkswagen Beetle. Good point. Sorry, I, you, you, I, I hadn't thought of that. If the brand is strong, you can afford to do this. If the brand is not so strong, you're going to fall over. Which is, again, the psychological premise behind the pratfall effect. If you are otherwise perceived as competent, then you can make those mistakes. And so we, everyone loves the Volkswagen bug, but we are very aware that it is not a large vehicle. And at yeah. that point, you can play up that kind of part of it. I feel like there's there's been, a, I can't think of any off the top of my head right now, but I'm sure that there were other examples. Um, I think a friend of, a friend of a friend of mine um, did an ad campaign for, uh, I can't, I, this is, you're going to be horrified because you're a musician and I don't know, it maybe it was Fender, Ooh. but it was a list of all the musicians who had died, who played this particular type of guitar. And it was Jimi Hendrix yep. and, and all these different ones. And then it said something like, uh, if it wasn't for Clapton, we'd start to worry. We'd think we were cursed or something like that. And it was, it was kind of dark. It was dark. I mean, it was really dark, but it was also this like very much awareness, like, okay, like musicians who play our guitar are dead. Like, <laughs> Do we that, talk that's about a, that? That's but they're also example. super famous and like legendary. So how do we address this? So yeah, he won. Right. I think he won a Clio award for it. Right. Well, I mean, the thing about Fender is that they've got such this 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 solid base with all these classic guitars, yeah. as opposed to classical guitars. Um, they can afford to take that risk. And also, the other thing yes. about music is is that you say. If I'd been Jimi Hendrix, I would have been happy to have died because that's so cool. Um, you've got that whole thing. Yeah. It's so cool. I mean, as, a, as a musician, I mean, all I wanted was... Seven. He's from my hometown. Oh, so yeah. his dad's still... I think his dad's still around, or he was up until a few years oh, wow. ago. He still lived in the same, the same little house out in West Seattle. Yeah. Okay, and he was the bass player from The Animals who brought him to the UK, which is what uh, kick-started his career. And the yeah, same yeah. is similar, is um, they came to the UK to start their career and then went back to the, U the US to actually yeah. kind of <laughs> make it really big instead of just being in the UK. I know, um, but, I know. We don't, yeah, we don't always notice what we have until I think that's kind UK of probably tells us it's cool. Well, a lot of, a lot of cultures miss out on, on on what they've what they've got because they just don't see it but i mean that that's a lot uh, true in kind of pretty much anything including 
um, business is that you don't realize that you've got this amazing thing going um, necessarily. Right. You need that other lens to look at it. So this goes back to, um, you know, not being able to see ourselves clearly, right? Right. Like not being able to perceive things clearly when they're too close to you. Uh, and so we think that our mistakes are bigger than they are. And we think Brilliant. that causes are bigger than they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no, no, that, that's a genius. Sorry, I'm rearranging my screens. That, that's a genius piece of, um, of, of bringing these things together. Well, I like to I like to tie I like to tie threads together if I can because so many of my ideas are not threaded together; they're very random. So I'm glad I can bring them together. Well, thank you very much. I think that was a brilliant way to bring it all round in that full circle to the original point. Thank you very much, Geraldine. That was absolutely awesome. I really thank enjoyed that. Thank you for having me. Thank you for singing. It was wonderful. Oh, you get the outro song as well. So, thank you. F- to the audience for joining us. Thank you for listening to us. Thank you for Thank watching. You. Geraldine, that was amazing. Please oh do my join gosh, us thanks. next week for uh, Joe Kaufman. And uh, you get the outro song as well, which is exactly the same as the intro song, but saying goodbye. <laughs> A quick goodbye to end the show. Thank you, Geraldine. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> And I, oh I did God. what I think is a piece of genius is at the beginning I sing your surname and at the end I don't, which implies to me that I know you better by the end of it. It does. And also I was very impressed that you said my last name properly, Ooh. which no one does. Oh, I've been practicing on the Dutch with uh, Joost de Valk. And, uh, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Did you actually ask Joost how to say it? Oh, no, 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 no. I just, I just, I, I kind you of figured knew. it. Oh my goodness! You you just the thing is, I do that a lot, and I get it wrong as much as I get it right. Exactly right, which is pretty amazing. And I am not Dutch, so I'm always amazed when people can say it properly. So, well, I will quote you on that. One of the times I didn't do a platform because I got it right. You did it perfect. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you very much. That was delightful. Um,